I guess we can get started with say the name of the band for people okay. that might have problems trying to figure it out or say it. <laughs> uh, name of the band is Mr. ENC. Uh, but yeah, AKA M Rink, Mrintz, uh, who knows what else there's out there. But yeah, Mr. ENC, uh, for some reason, I thought I was so clever to not put the, the, the period in there. And totally dumb move. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Mr. Ink is what it's supposed to be. Right, right. Mr. Ink. Yep, yep, totally. Okay, all right. Um, I was listening to the album earlier this morning uh, right to kind of get prepared and kind of go back over it and such. And I don't know how long, I know that you were in uh, Denison Mars, right? Yep, yes, sir. I wanted to make sure I didn't say the wrong one. Um, <laughs> so you've been around a while. A while, yes. Um, would it be <laughs> wrong for me to say that there is an influence, and maybe I'm completely off, but vocally, you kind of have like a Michael Stand kind of influence. Do you even know who that is? No. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, all right. Uh, one of the guys from the Altar Boys. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. For the Altar Boys, I was getting a very, very heavy like vibe of that, but maybe it's just something that you just sound that way. Um, but that's interesting. I got it. I got it. I know the stand. I didn't realize his name. Uh, I also got a. Um, well, no, 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 no. The band is the Altar Boys. Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. I, heard, I heard of the Alter Boys. I didn't recognize the Stinger's name. Yeah, Michael Stand, uh, or Mike Stand, as he goes by. Yeah. Right. And then I got uh, Daniel Amos reference, influence, or not influence, but sound similar. Okay, all right. So, Interesting. You've had somebody say that to you before? Yeah, 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 recently with the, with the EP. Have you heard of, we're getting ahead of ourselves, have you heard of a band called Ultra Vivid Scene from the 80s? No, no. Yeah, he's in there too. You've got a little bit of that in there too. Okay. Yeah, yeah and over, especially with Dennis Mars, but like older, I got a lot of Bono. Like, oh, you kind of sound like Bono. I think that's just like the timbre of my voice and stuff. But Interesting. Yeah, yeah the guy there's, from... There's definite that influence for sure. Yeah, ultra vivid scene almost sounds like an electronic version of the Jesus and Mary Jane. If you've heard of them, oh yeah, right which on. I'm sure you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't heard ultra vivid scene, you should definitely head back that way and check it out. Okay, okay. I think I think you'd be into it. <laughs> right definitely. on. All um, right, that. But yeah, we'll get started here. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I guess kind of go into the band or the project mm -hmm. and give us a little history on that and on your and introduce yeah, yeah. and introduce yourself. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, I'm Eric uh, with Mystery and C. I am Mystery and C. Um, Mystery and C is my initials, Eric Nathaniel Collins. Uh, it, this was. Um, after Dennis and Mars, uh, I did a little short thing called The Party People. And then after that, I did a uh, project band called The Dark Romantics. 
And once that came to an end, um, I had, I was just doing nothing, kind of taking a break from music, working and stuff and started solo type stuff. I uh, still had a full band sound, but it was all me uh, writing, recording, producing. Um, so I just called it Mystery and C. Uh, and that evolved. It, even though it was full band sound, I was playing shows solo uh guitar and some piano and i had like tracks behind me like drums and bass and stuff to make it sound full um but i got really bored with that I, I liked the writing and recording stuff but i hated the performing by myself felt felt boring to me and i was missing the energy of everyone and um so i started enlisting uh my brother-in-law dean lorenz who was the second final drummer for Dennis Mars, and then he did Party People and Dark Romantics with me. Um, enlisted him to start playing live. Uh, we would go from two-piece to three-piece, uh, depending on if we could talk other musicians into to performing with us. And then I did a couple of albums and some some other random stuff, and but still as solo, but would get people to play with me. And then on this EP, uh, Dean and I wrote together. Um, mostly I would write the songs and we would just email back and forth. Uh, he lives in Orlando, which is like an hour away from me, but it was still easy to send each other demos and the logic sessions and stuff, um, which was really fun because I hadn't got to collaborate, you know, writing and creating. And uh, he's my bro. He, he's my right hand man. So it's it very flaw, you know, like very easy, you know, to write with him and. Okay. Um, so that's how this EP came about. And I, for me, I can definitely hear the difference. Um, he brought different stuff. I would say, you know, oh, maybe the solo should go like this or this should go like this. And he'd be like, oh, that's cool. Or no, that sucks. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and uh, he would try new stuff. And I'm like, oh, I, my brain doesn't even think that way. So it was really fun and exciting um, to write with him and to explore different stuff that my brain doesn't go into. And uh, and then we recorded at my house. Uh, we had a friend here in town that records and I had him come over and set up and we just recorded in my house and just went at it. We had pedals all over the floor and we're making all kinds of crazy noises, and, which I think the EP captured that. There's a lot of fuzz and effects and stuff, which I love, I've always loved. I mean, ever since Dance from Mars, man, I've loved making noise, so. Right. I think this EP really brings all of my influences and everything that I've done over the years together. I think so. Now, who would you say is like your main musical influences um, sound-wise? We'll start with that. Um, it, I mean, you know, it's changed over the years, but I think stuff that's you know, as a kid, my mom uh, raised me on classic rock. So there's definitely the the bombastic, like the drums and stuff from Zeppelin and um, different stuff like that. Like my mom, when I was little, my mom, she played guitar and we would set it before nap time and I was on drums and she was on guitar and we'd play to her records. So I think my love for big, loud music came from, from my mom and classic rock. And then as I came into my own as a as a teen and later, um, I really well to move back a little bit as a preteen and teen, I was really more into hip hop 
and I loved like Public Enemy and and Beastie Boys and stuff like that. So their production had a lot of noise and ear candy and crazy, you know what I mean, like crazy stuff. So yeah. it it was the same. I still loved big, loud noise, noisy music, and it was just a different genre. But it was still uh, idealistically, it's still there, you know, like the concept and stuff. So yeah. then when I get into alternative rock uh, music and stuff that all that love is still there. So I kind of gravitated towards those bands that were, were doing that. Um, my wife helped school me on like alternative eighties, which is just like an amazing decade of alternative rock and uh, alternative music. So I, I can definitely hear that styling and, and arrangement craftsmanship and what I do from the influence of like alternative eighties and nineties. Um, and with the EP, we really went hard for 90s, like classic alternative 90s and grunge, post-grunge, space rock stuff. Um, I just, it's kind of come back a little bit. I, there's younger people that are coming around to it. And I've heard newer modern bands with definitely influence of that stuff. So it's really exciting that there's like my daughter is 16 and she's super into these bands and I'm like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Uh, let me show you this one. Let me show you this one. Let me show you this one. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, bands specifically lately, oh man, I'd have to pull up some playlist stuff. Um, I've been going back and listening, you know, like Hum and uh, Sonic Youth uh breeders stuff like that and dinosaur jr like to get my mind into the arrangements you know what i mean and the sounds and um the overall feel you know what i mean like you know like sonic youth and dinosaur jr you could probably argue that they only have a handful of song songs that you know what i mean that are like arrangement wise but then the overall feel is just like man it's just cool there's a lot of this noise and all this experimentation and loudness and so it's more the vibe and the, the attitude and uh and then so going back and listening to all that stuff and then listening to what younger people are doing now with with the new uh like the new grunge and new post grunge and and uh just all the new alternative stuff um <laughs> Right, it's really exciting. It's really exciting to see it all come around together and to kind of meet, you know, and even the Shoegate stuff. Um, I mean, Starflyer 59 has always been a major influence on me and uh, such a good dude, but such great, great music. Um, and then, you know, like the, the 90s bands and stuff. It's hard. It's hard to pinpoint somebody. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of all I take from here and I take from here and I'm like, I really like this and I want to, and I like this. I'm going to put those together, that kind of stuff. What would you say, I try to kind of go into this and I know it's hard to pick one, but if you were to have to choose like a desert island thing where it was, Oof. you had to take it with you. A record? A record. Yeah, a record uh, or... One or two, are you giving me like a crate? <laughs> How about... You give me three. All right. Um, dang. Uh, okay, Leave Here a Stranger by Starflyer59 is my, my favorite. Okay. Which is funny because that's not one of the noisy records, but it's one of the, it's the complete 
it just oh it's so beautiful and awesome um oh man maybe hum you prefer an astronaut because it's so classic and it, it had a big influence on me um or or maybe like failure fantastic planet was another big one just the the way that the album plays out with the segues and the sci-fi uh influences and stuff probably a zeppelin record for sure in there i'm not good at answering these type of questions <laughs> oh that's fine that's fine <clears throat> yeah yeah, I mean, you're uh, just like anybody. You you give me four uh, or five different ones. That's I okay, good, good. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> it's um, hard. So, give me a little bit about your connection with Jeff and Velvet Blue. Okay, cool. Uh, that was that came from Dennis and Mars. Um, man, how did? I'm pretty sure. We had sent him a song when he used to do those unsigned band compilations way back, yeah. like late 90s. And yeah. We sent him a song, thought for sure we'd never hear back, and he dug it. We we're like, oh my gosh, you know, like this, this is crazy. We're just little Central Florida boys. Nobody pays attention to Florida, especially Florida music at that time. So, you're uh, out I mean, of still, so you guys have always been out of Florida. Yeah, 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 Central Florida. Okay. So for this cool California guy <laughs> that's in Starfire and Joy Electric and whatever else to be interested, we were, it was just like mind blowing. And uh, he put it on, put song on there. And then I think from there he wanted, we talked him into a split seven inch or a seven inch or something, which I can't believe we did that. And uh, Jeff, if you're listening, thank you for always letting me talk you into stuff. Um, <laughs> listening and watching. So yeah, it, it came from Dennis and Mars, and we just uh, we would tour together as Starflyer and Dennis and Mars, and then uh, Joy Electric came to Florida a couple times for show or tour or festival, um, and then Jeff toured and played in Party People for a little while. We did a couple mini tours, and uh, yeah, he put out some Dennis and Mars like two records and a seven inch, and then Party People. And now back, back together doing Mystery and C. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with the Dennis and Mars stuff. Um, I ran a uh, record store, um, Pluto Records. Oh, cool. And we would do like pop-ups like in the Dallas area, the Austin okay. area. Yeah. And, um, or what are referred to as pop-ups now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, yeah. <clears throat> back then they were called distros. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. um <clears throat> I would carry the Velvet Blue stuff and I definitely carried the Dennis and Mars stuff. Um oh, I remember I had the seven inches and stuff. And right um Yeah, I mean where, good stuff, where, definitely. Where was Pluto? Did you have like a brick and mortar too? Yeah. Yeah, I had a brick and mortar. It was right off of uh, Burnett Road in Austin. Oh, and in Austin. Okay. Yes, yes. And I would also do a lot of, I was the guy that did most of the, like, indie type shows uh, cool. in the area. It was me and another guy, Charles Gates, who actually just passed away. Um, he did a lot of the shows, too. But cool. I did a lot of the Joy Electric shows, so I've known Ronnie. Uh, nice. I've known Jeff for years and years and years. 
um because i would book joy electric and i would book starflyer and you know yeah so yeah i've definitely got a little history with jeff as far as all this stuff goes <laughs> that's, that's awesome yeah in all the facets of the music stuff the distro booking the whole bit yeah uh, but yeah cool definitely cool I'm going to head into some interesting questions. Uh, you've looked at my site, obviously, so you know that yeah. I do music, I do movies, I do all kinds of different weird stuff. Um, yeah. What's your favorite movie? <laughs> what would your favorite, <laughs> and who would like your favorite actor be, would you say? Oh, wow. Okay. I know I should have been prepared for this. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did. Th I did try to think of the favorite movie stuff because I figured that question would be coming. And I have, I have kind of a funny answer that I think you'll find interesting. I guess. But so I'll pick two movies, even though you said one. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get this to stop dinging. Let me. It's all right, man. That's so dumb. It's so loud. All right. So, I have two movies, even though you asked for one, because that's, you know, I like breaking the rules. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, and I think, because I'm an older guy now, this is gonna, it's, it's funny to me, at least, because I think these movies are flip-flopped in, in my, uh, my lifespan of how they should be. But as a kid and a teenager, uh, Blade Runner was my jam. Um, it... it Man, it, it it created the it instilled in me that love of sci-fi that I love so much and noir, and uh, I mean just that whole look, the textures and everything, and then unbelievable. And it's okay, uh, man, don't worry about it. All right. Um, the textures and I mean the architecture and this, you know what I mean, like just overall vibe and everything. I totally know what you mean. I, that's probably my favorite sci-fi movie right. too. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, as a kid, as a kid, and I'm just like watching that. And I used to watch it so much. How the heck? Um, but then as I got older and I like returned to being a kid, you know, in a good way or whatever, the, the funny one here, I think, would be um, Scott Pilgrim, uh, which is which is silly because now as an older guy, I should probably say Blade Runner because I'll look cool and it's dramatic and whatever. And then Scott Pilgrim's obviously like a teen movie, but I think going back, I love it so much because it has music, it has band, you know what I mean? Like people fighting for music and wanting to be in a band so bad and it works out, but it doesn't work out. And and then the comic book stuff and the video game stuff and the, the tongue in cheek, sarcasm even though it's you know it was obviously a well-made movie so the, the craft is there so that's my dumb answer is blade runner when i was young and then now that i'm older <laughs> scott pilgrim okay all right now i'm obviously as a blade runner fan you saw blade runner 2049 oh yeah saw it on my birthday when it came out i thought that so, was cool how did you feel about that I dug it, man. I, I've yet to revisit it again. Um, I've only I'm seen it once, too. I've only seen it once, too, and I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it was good. I did. Yeah, I did, too. Um, 
I, I've been wanting to revisit it, and I get so funny because I'm like, I'm so, like, I got to watch it when the time's right. I can't have people coming in. You know what I mean? Because that's how I was when what? it came out. I'm so excited about it. I'm like, we got to go to this theater and da 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 So I haven't wanted to watch it at my house again because I'm like, I'm going to have people walking in and disturbing. Um, I really liked it, man. I thought it was really well done. Um, I actually think the pace of it was a little better than the, the original because now that I've gone back and watched the original, it's kind of draggy here and there. Um, a lot of patience. takes a lot of patience and respect. Yeah, yeah. Which, it's yeah. right. But still, in my opinion, mm -hmm. the first one is still flawless. Okay, even, okay. Even with the pacing issues. that Really? Either way. I mean, what I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I that movie to me, I've seen it tons and tons and tons. Yeah, of I have to. I have a couple different versions of DVDs. Right. <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to see it in the theater? No, I didn't. I didn't. So you you didn't get to see like any of the retrospect theater releases of it or anything? No, no. Yeah, see, and we I've don't... seen it. I've That's seen cool. the director's cut two okay. times. I think two times in the theater. Okay. And uh, wow. That. I would like that. The, the, the city that I live in, we don't have any kind of thing where they do like, all right, this, you know, like a special engagement kind of thing. It's, sure. So sure. I, saw I need to the, keep mind. Yeah, I saw it at the Paramount Theater in Austin. Cool. And it's one of those old style theaters that had a balcony. Yeah. Yep, yep. And um, I saw it on the floor and in the balcony both. Oh, and, nice. Uh, man, it's, yeah, it's a solid experience. I definitely suggest that if you ever get the chance. Yeah. I'm going to keep um, my eyes peeled for, like, if Tampa or Orlando does it, I'm going to drive right. over. What but, about? Yeah, that'd be cool. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was like, no, that would be super cool. But, yeah, I did I did love uh, 2049, and I thought they did really, really good at it. I thought, I thought it was cool, super cool. Did you, uh, so who would like an actor that comes to mind? Who would your favorite actor, or who is an actor that comes to mind that you like a lot? For for the longest time, man, I really liked, um, I still do, but I really like, this is another silly answer, I guess, but Jim Carrey, when he does the serious roles. Yeah. Uh, like Truman Show and, and Sunshine and, uh, those um i my wife and i really like when comedians do serious heartbreaking roles because she has this theory it's like co comedians definitely have the heartbreak thing down you know <laughs> so they, they usually end up being so good um but yeah he he was one and i i love his comedy stuff too but um so he kind of pops in my mind cool um i mean trying to think of somebody else off, to my, off the top of my head. Somebody like him that comes to my mind is like, um, I don't even know if you've seen it. I'm just trying to throw some stuff out here conversationally. Um, mm -hmm. Did you did you see The Cobbler with Adam Sandler? No. I know what you're talking about, though. Great. I have not seen it. Yeah, see, that's I've... a great movie. And it's like that, too. He's kind of kooky in it still. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But he's serious. Um, yeah. I heard Uncut Gems really good, but I, I didn't get to watch that yet. 
Right. See, that one, though, I think that he's really, really trying to be serious in that. Yeah. 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 This one, to me, is like kind of a... Did you ever see the movie Spanglish he was in? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Imagine yeah. that mm -hmm. with his Billy Madison kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. Where it's, where it's like he's being serious, but he's still trying to kind of be kooky, too. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Actually, I wouldn't say Billy Madison. Let's say The Wedding Singer. Okay, okay. Yeah. I love Wedding Singer, man. Yeah, it's like that where he's still kind of being kooky, but yeah. he's still a little more serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I like uh, some serious guys. I like Benicio Del Toro. Uh, cool. I like... Okay. Um, I mean, even... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. My bad. <laughs> That's so okay. Dumb. What about, um, we already covered the music. Mm -hmm. uh, you know who I like? I like Emily, uh, Emily Blunt. I like her a lot. Yes. Yes. I think, I, I think she's cool. I didn't see Mary Poppins, but everything else I've seen, I've liked. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I was pretty bummed about the Mary Poppins movie because I'm a yeah. huge Mary Poppins fan from the original. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and I thought she was gonna be perfect in the role. Wasn't and, good. She's not. She, it wasn't really her. It was more the movie. I think. Okay. It just, okay. It just didn't vibe right. It didn't have that same feeling, you know, that I get from yeah. the original. Um, yeah. 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 What about? Are you? I don't know if you're into comic books or not, but do you have like a favorite superhero? And I who, do. Who would that be? I can't. Put, oh, I know. Where there you go. Yeah, Batman. Batman's my guy. I'm, um, mine too. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we could talk about that with all the. I, I get in arguments with friends and stuff, but Batman's been my guy for a long time. Well, I think I was a teenager. I liked Spider-Man, and I still do. Um, I liked Spider-Man because he was a normal guy, you know, got bit, and now he's just, he's got superpowers, but it's not something crazy like Superman or whatever. He can still be beat, you know, and he's just trying to do good. So from Spider-Man, I went into Batman and have always been Batman. Uh, same thing. But even more so, he doesn't have superhero powers, but he does what he does. And it's dark and violent. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, he's, he's definitely my favorite superhero. Um, yeah. I've gotten into some other stuff, you know, Swamp Thing. I enjoy Swamp yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, especially the horror stuff. Okay. You know, when he's taken seriously, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. But cool, okay, favorite, I don't even know why I'm asking, but you're an older guy like me, so favorite um, Batman actor. Oh, man. I mean, it's probably Christian Bale. Okay. Um, but I, I did like the 80s Batmans. Uh, the second one, I love. That's probably my favorite one of the 80s ones. Batman Returns? Yeah, yep. Cool. Okay. And, yeah, and then I have a feeling Robert Pattinson's probably going to be pretty good, so I'm I'm excited about this new one. Right. How um, did you feel about Ben Affleck? I didn't care. Um, 
I thought he was okay. Uh, I don't, man, that DC's been killing me. I, I haven't been able to watch any DC movies, man. So, like, the Batman versus Superman, I was just like, I didn't like it. I, I, I'm totally I was, with you there, man. Okay, I was pretty bummed out by it. And just watching, I was just like, what is kind of what's going on? And then, after every DC movie I do watch, I'm just like, why can't they get their act together? What it's it doesn't seem like it's that hard when you have so much money and studio stuff. Well, not only that, but when you have 80 years of story, yeah. yeah. You know, you have 80 years of stories with these characters. It's like, seriously, man, you can't just pick one and just stick with I it. Know. I know. Yeah. And my, my buddies and I talk about Batman. I'm I'm always like why don't they just do a Batman series like how they've done Daredevil or Punisher or any of these? Don't I know they did Gotham and, and all that, but just you could just take comic books and make series different, you know what I mean? Like they don't have to go together. Well, it it could only, be like two parters, three parters. Well, but not only that, but I mean you could literally take the comic books and adapt them right from right. the comic book. It's like, yeah, you, don't, right. you don't even need writers, man. They've already <laughs> been written. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't... I don't get it. And yeah. I mean, there's like, I have the, um, I'm looking up because my comic book's up there, but um, like I bought the, I went back and bought the hardback Batman versus Dracula oh, ones. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, why don't they make a movie on this or a series or anything why is it just sitting there or like the court of owls stuff is so cool and well they work uh, the court of owls into gotham a bit yeah you know but yeah no i know what you're saying i know what you're saying like, full, full on and i think it might have been the batman versus superman there's one part of that movie where i was like no that's cool i think i think it was that one where batman's in like an abandoned building I forgot what he was doing. And he's like up in the rafters and the cops come in or whatever. It was real, almost vampirish. You know what I mean? Like, and I was right. like, that's more Batman that we need. It's dark and, and almost horror, uh, creepy. But you know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know. There's so, like you said, they, there's so much material. I don't get it. My, uh, my thing with since you're a Batman guy, my biggest thing and what I've been telling people for years now is what I wish they would do is I would, mm -hmm. I wish they would make a time period piece, 1940s Batman movie. That'd be cool. And actually go back and make mm -hmm. a movie in that time period. Yeah. To where he really can't rely on technology. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He relies on his detective instincts, and yep. he relies on, you know, the yeah. technology he had then. Right, right. Um, I still I think... Mean, I think uh, the animated series was kind of that, but he still had a lot more gadgets and stuff. But. Right, right. I just think it'd be yeah. cool for them to do that, to go back into, you know... Yeah. Because I mean, they it, did it. They did it with Wonder Woman, and it worked. Yeah, you know, this could be part of, this could be the series thing. Because if you do a series, you could jump around. 
You know what I mean? Like this episode could be the 40s and this episode could be in the future for like Batman Beyond. And then this one could be, it could just be different tales or whatever, you know? They don't have to be chronological. Sure, right. No, kind of like what they did. They did a couple of episodes or one episode, I guess, which was called Tales of the Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. And, um, or Legends of the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And it was like different periods and stuff and different like eras or eras. Uh, it was on the animated series. Okay. I remember there was that episode where they kind of went into the Dark Knight Returns period, the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they also I got, had. I got the DVD set, but I don't think I've got there yet. Yeah, there's a. Well, there's a movie too. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's a movie called Gotham Knights. Yeah, okay. And that does kind of the same thing, too. There's, like, an anime version, um, yeah. you know, different takes and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so did you enjoy Gotham? Um, I mean, here and there. Oh, it was okay. I would almost uh, venture to say that we got to move, <laughs> or we'll be doing this yeah. all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would almost venture to say, to me, Gotham was, like, almost perfect. Yeah. Yeah, because it was it was raw and it was gritty, mm-hmm. but it was also over the top. But yeah, true. Well, that's good. That's good because it's a comic book. You know what I mean? Like right. keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of wished. I kind of wished that they would have brought Bat Cop into it. Which yeah. if you remember the run that they did. Uh, do you read it like on a regular basis? No, no. Okay, okay, so you didn't, you probably didn't know, like, when Bruce Wayne disappeared and uh, Gordon became Batman. I did a little bit, yeah. And then, um, where is it? Is it Batman Year One? Did you ever read that one? Oh, or, yeah, I'm no, sorry. I love, yeah, yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Year 100, too, with Paul Pope, like, how that's kind of, yep. kind of plays, plays with that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely look for, um, it was a Scott Snyder run. Yeah, yeah. And I can't tell you right off the bat which volume it is, mm-hmm. but you definitely need to check it out. It's, I call it Bat Cop, because yeah. basically he's yeah. Batman in like a RoboCop suit. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do yeah. Know what you're talking about. Okay. yeah, so if you can find that run... I think yeah. you would really enjoy it. Cool. And I like Scott Snyder. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, definitely. I love American Vampire. And mm-hmm. um, I loved his stuff that he did with Swamp Thing, definitely. Um, I need to change Swamp Thing. Yeah. Um, did, did you like that Joker movie? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you? I, I did. I did. It was so heavy, like like a big bum out, kind of bummer heavy type. But yeah. I know that's what for so I, I had to like like shake it off when I got out of it but that's you know that's good that's artistic so um. yeah and and I'll be honest with you I was against it really yeah when I first heard about it I was against it I was like I, I just can't I just can't do this you know yeah. and then when I saw it I went ahead and gave it a chance just when it came out like you know when it hit digital or whatever yeah and um yeah man I thought it was great I mean, I thought yeah. that it was done well. 
And yeah. um, I think that that version of the Joker would go perfectly with Robert Pattinson. I think so too. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to do that, but I'm definitely yeah. not against it like I was. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was totally against it. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, whoa, man, this is actually right on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Definitely. It was, so, it was so heavy the whole movie. And oh. then right at the end, when, when he comes, when he becomes the Joker, it was exciting at that point. And I was like, I don't know, like not a breath of fresh air. That's a definitely no. I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, and I thought but it was, it was definitely along the same lines as the Christopher Nolan stuff. Like years later, and that's how it, it would continue on, I guess. But even more artistically done. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is so awesome, anyways. But yeah, I liked it. Super heavy. I probably won't watch it very many maybe one more time but it was so i just felt like i was like oh god yeah it's it's pretty uh, rough man to get through yeah. i mean the yeah. ending <laughs> the ending when he escapes and he runs yeah it was, it was <laughs> awesome i was just like that's this is crazy man yeah uh, but and I, mean, I would i would love to see him in a batman movie so where the whole movie isn't about him, so he could still be that character and act in a gritty, gritty, you know, Batman movie. I think that would be really. I don't know if Joaquin would ever do it, but I, I could, I could be down with that. Yeah, playing off of Robert Pattinson, I think he'd do real well. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's let's move on because we could, like I said, we could be doing this all day. Um, yep. <laughs> So, mm -hmm. from a a lot of the most of the bands that I talk to are Christian oriented, I would say, or faith based, or faith yep. influenced. Yeah. Um, and it's just because that's what I grew up doing, and I, right. you know, Pluto Records became a record label. And most of the bands that we worked with were Christian bands or Christian-oriented bands. Mm -hmm. um, so how does your Christianity, if you still adhere to that, yep. um, how does it affect your musical career and your outside career? Like if you have a career outside of music, how does it influence that? Um, uh, definitely still Christian. Okay. Uh, the way the way it influences my music and any other artistic uh, endeavor or whatever project is, um, I think, like any artist, um, I draw on my beliefs, you know, and I try to represent them i've never been uh on that side of like the preachy lyrics or anything like that i've always kind of like from a long you know a long time ago i would look at the way jesus spoke and taught and he spoke in parables and stories and stuff and um 
and then like from growing up and watching kung fu movies and stuff that's how the senseis always taught you know what i mean they didn't teach like these straight lessons they would give these stories or parables or whatever and it you know any anytime you have a teacher in school or anything if that was the method it it, it challenged your brain and your brain had to work for the answer and so it would it meant more and you remembered it better you know like all that stuff and plus the way jesus taught was full of grace and uh but also meant what he said and whatever so i've always taken that and tried to work that through my art okay. so if my lyric um a lot of times i am singing about what i've read or learned or dreamt or, or thought you know whatever just like any artist um but i've tried to convey it creatively um right. like with Dennis and mars it was very sci-fi space rock stuff so i was i would wrap up my beliefs and, and thoughts and stuff through that kind of thing you know what i mean right um and with mystery and c it i've done you know what analogies metaphors or just straight up talking about what i'm thinking um so that's how i approach it lyrically is just being creative with uh with my message or whatever we call that um and then another uh, the other part of that is i've always felt very uh strongly about the responsibility that's given to christians um is to honor god in everything that you do and uh i've never really understood that in the generic like sunday school way of you, you honor god with your music means to just always say the name of jesus and everything you know what i mean and like sure. I, I call them jpms the jesus per minutes um which is fine <laughs> right. that was fine if bands wanted to do that but i didn't do that and uh, I would get yelled at or challenged sometimes, whatever. And then I would also get people that came up and uh, they got it, you know, they understood it and they were encouraged or whatever. Um, but for me to honor God, like, like the parable of the talents and all that stuff, and then also the New Testament talking about honor, honor God, everything you do. I have always taken that to mean like, do the best that you can because that in itself is honoring god you know what i mean sure, right um, if, like i feel that i'm blessed with the opportunity to make music uh, after all these years and so when i make music and put it out into the world that's kind of an offering from me back to god like thank you for this blessing of an opportunity for any talent that i might that you've you've i've been blessed with and for the skill and craftsmanship that i've worked towards and you know what i mean yeah. and so first and foremost when i make art it is an offering kind of between me and god um and so i i try to do the best i can because that's honoring god um sure. and then the other side of that is it is still art that i'm giving putting out there for people and so i don't want it to be so uh unapproachable by someone who might not be a believer or whatever you know what i mean right um, because that's not what i'm doing um i've never been i've never felt like i was only supposed to sing or make music for christians uh 
some people do and and that's totally cool for them everyone needs to do what they feel like they need to do you know um so i've always left it's not that i leave stuff open-ended i definitely mean what i'm saying for me and for whoever is like me but then some things i leave open-ended for them for people who aren't believers or whatever to maybe sit in it you know what i mean and yeah. uh it might come to them or it might not and that's okay like i had to come to peace with that too because when jesus taught not everybody got what he was saying you know <laughs> right. um and I, and and i think that uh ultimately is art anyways the uh, an artist makes the art and it's up to the people to connect with it or not and if they don't it's okay you keep rolling and if they do connect then that's awesome you know um, uh, now share with us uh, oh well actually no i did want to let you so what do you do for a living Oh, okay okay yeah. i mean if you want if you don't you don't have to tell me i just i kind of like oh. to throw that out so people can get an idea because yeah a lot of people think that maybe they don't anymore but back back in the day and we were both there so you yep. know what i'm talking about it was I already know. you know everybody would be like man i wish because uh, i used to I, I managed embodiment um mm -hmm. and i managed like uh other bands like that and uh, uh -huh. with my label and stuff and they would always come up to the guys and they'd be like you know man i wish i could just tour around and play music and and just make a living <laughs> like that you know and, and mark the drummer would always like play off and stuff you know because he didn't want to hurt people's feelings and stuff but yeah. um <laughs> he'd always tell me later he'd be like man if they only knew I was a construction worker, man. I'm not just playing yeah. drums all the time, you know. Nope. <laughs> so, right. you know, I try to I try to make the artist, especially these days when everybody tries to be more personable and such and more approachable. Yeah. What What do you do? It, it, how does Christianity work into your everyday? Like, what do you do for a living, and how does it work into your life? Um, well, first. Uh, for all of Dennis and Mars and party people and uh, Dark Romantics, I worked for Pizza Hut, um, okay. delivering pizzas, delivering pizzas and shift managing like back and forth. Okay. Uh, because they would let me leave on tour, and then I could come back. I could come back and still have a job. Um, the way my Christianity played into that is again the honoring and the respecting and stuff was when i was there i made sure that i kicked butt you know what i mean like i was going to be the hardest worker uh, if you want me to mop the floor i'm going to mop the heck out of that floor you know what i mean right. i'm going to i'm going to make the best pizzas i'm going to have the best drive times whatever um and then that's why they're always like yeah man go go on tour please come back you have a job you know what i mean like you're the best one here right. um so and then nowadays and for the last i think i'm on my 11th year here is uh, i do graphic design and I, I did graphic design all during band stuff too that's how i learned it was t-shirts and album covers and stuff right um so now i do graphic design for this uh national which is really funny but a pizza box printing company um 
which is hilarious because that shows you God has a sense of humor because I go from delivering pizzas <laughs> to pizza box art. That's, um, that's interesting, man. Okay. It's weird. Um, so, yeah, I'm on my 11th year at the company, and, and I, uh, I, I do graphic design, and I've always done freelance, like I said, uh, graphic design. But that doesn't, that doesn't pay that great, uh, usually. Um, so that's always kind of been a side hustle, side money. Uh, to put away or to pay for emergencies or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, pretty much pizza delivery and then now pizza box graphic design. Cool. Okay. For any specific then, company or do you do it in general? Um, we do it. Um, I was with an independent company and a big company bought us out a few years ago and they do huge, they do huge ones and stuff, but it's mostly like the smaller chains and mom and pops and stuff. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. Like the pizza hut, I think um, they're, they're huge. Like Papa John's pizza, hut, they do like, right. yeah. I don't know if we have them, but I've never worked on their boxes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. Um, it's cool, man, because when I first started, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to design all these cool boxes. And nope, it was not like that. Uh, every once in a while, someone would be like, you want to try something? And I'd do it. And they're like, that's weird. Because I'd try to do some cool retro modern something. They're like, that's so weird. Don't, don't you just have a chef holding the box, making the OK sign? I'm like, yeah, I got like 50 of those. Got, Here yeah, we go. I got what you need, man. You told me you yeah, wanted yeah. something different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just I stopped trying. And I just boom, 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 whip out the chefs and yeah. uh, get paid. Hey, if that's what um, they want. Yeah. But again, the, the Christianity is do it the best of my ability, honor, you know what I mean? Um, take care of my family and not be some weird flaky music guy that's always flaking out on everybody, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, my wife has definitely helped me with that. <laughs> that's cool. Do you have any kids? Yeah, I got two kids. Got a, a 16-year-old daughter and a, a 12-year-old son. Cool. Okay. All right. All right. How yeah. old are you? I just turned 45 in October. Okay. All right. All right. I'm 48. So yeah, we oh, pretty right. much we we came up probably about the same yeah. in, yep. in the same scene or whatever you want to call it. You probably yep. were in the cornerstone and Oh yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, cool. Okay. Are you familiar with Pluto? I feel like I am. Uh, I mean, I you can say no. It's cool. It doesn't matter. I just, I didn't, yeah, I no. didn't know because we were heavily, heavily into there in the 90s, like in yeah. the like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because I recognize the name. Uh, you were down in Austin and we, Dennis and Mars never really got to play Austin. We always made it to Dallas and that's about as far south. I think, I think we came down there on a tour towards the end. And then um, I never really got to play Austin uh, until like years later. Well, my um, store my store was in Austin, and then I moved the store to Dallas, and that's when okay. we became a label. And we okay. started, yeah, we started working with like uh, the local Dallas bands. Um, yeah, we had Azalea dying. Yeah, yeah, because I remember first... all those guys, and yeah, we used to play or a lot um, at the door oh yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah no i know yeah yeah you also play did you ever play god's place i don't know I probably swore, i swore you played there too 
Was that Dallas? Yeah. Uh, we played. We, Club four we played, one two. I think so. And yeah, then we I played. Used, I booked four one two club four one two, but not. I never booked you guys, so it might okay. have been before me. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but the door. No, I'm very familiar with the door. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the door that, was the big one, and then four one two was the big Fort Worth one. The door had one in Fort Worth, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they they moved into Fort Worth. Um, but yeah, I worked with like those guys. Um, we didn't really do a whole lot of like indie rock type stuff. Not Pluto, okay. we didn't. Um, we okay. did Love Lorn, which was a side project of uh, mm -hmm. the guys from Esso Karis. Mm -hmm. I remember the name at Love Lorn. Yeah, yeah, Love Lorn. And uh, they went on to do like Norma Jean. Yeah. You know, stuff yep. like, you know, those guys went off into there and Living Sacrifice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we never really did any like indie shoegazer, you know, like that yeah. was more the Velvet Blue thing. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. I always, which I love, man. I mean, Starflyer yeah. is one of my favorite bands, dude. I love them. Yeah. You know, so always. tell us a little bit, tell me a little bit about what you're wanting to promote. The EP came out technically, mm -hmm. I guess, yesterday. Yeah, but it hit. I think it hit most of the platforms today. I guess. Okay. Um, well, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. It's it, let me put it this way: it's being promoted as hitting today because today yeah. is new release right. Friday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard the EP a few times now, and I uh, really enjoy it. I like it a lot. Um, right. Thank. And uh, tell us a little bit about that. You know, maybe the recording and what you're wanting to accomplish with that um to accomplish i just have a lot of songs i just wanted to keep putting them out <laughs> okay okay uh, i just been having so much fun uh i did the um i don't have one on me to show but i did uh this cassette with with velvet blue last year of six songs and had so much fun stylistically uh going after this fuzzy norm noisy big sound and then i just i just kept writing like you get in the zone and just songs keep popping out and then um so i was like cloud you you want to do like a seven inch and he's like yeah and i'm like you know what i think i got like four songs that i could fit on a seven inch like two on each side and he's like that's crazy i don't think you can do that and we figured it out um so and i have more songs now uh so i mean hoping to accomplish i just love writing and creating music still and i'm so stoked and blessed that people are still interested so as long as people are still listening i'm gonna still keep going because it's so much fun um and i'm just I, I don't know i'm just having so much fun doing it and and working all of it uh obviously not getting to play shows or tour so Hopefully that'll all start happening again soon. I'd like to, to get out. Not, I don't, I'm not looking to do anything extensive, but there's definitely different pockets that I love to hit. Sure, from right. Friends from back I like to just show up and play and hang out and stuff. Um, I'll be doing like some little video stuff here and there, just kind of having fun. Uh, I've never really done that before. And now, now that we have phones in our hands that, can actually shoot kind of quality stuff it's 
it's I have an excuse to mess around with something else. Right. Um, but yeah, I think just it's it's mostly just me having a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> and people wrote, are was that so you pretty much you wrote everything. Yeah, yeah. I wrote so, all played everything. On this one I didn't. On the cassette I wrote and and played everything. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Your brother. Your brother, right, right. My okay. brother in law played lead guitars and we I have a buddy that's playing live now. He did the bass. And then a guy uh that I uh, play with at church for our worship team. He played drums on two of the songs, and okay. I did drums on two of the songs. Cool. So it was this EP was definitely more of like a, a band effort. Cool. Okay. Uh, so it was more of a collaboration. This one. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. Okay. Which is um, again more fun than for me than doing everything myself in my closet. <laughs> did you produce it though? Like produce and mix it and everything yourself? I, I produced it, uh, and then I did not mix it because I hate mixing. It's the the one thing of music that I absolutely hate, and I don't think I'm good at. Um, that was my friend Brendan here in town in Lakeland, and he records and mixes stuff out of his house. And uh, I talked to him into bringing his gear over. We recorded at the house, and then he mixed. And I, I love how it how it came out, how it's mixed and sounds. Cool. I, I talked Jason Martin into mastering it, so that was cool to have his hands on it. Oh wow! So Jason mastered it, huh? Yep, oh, yep. Very cool. Yeah. Did um, and you did the art, the layout yeah. and the art and everything. Yep, yep. Cool. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what what's in the picture? Yeah, yeah. The uh, the cover is um, uh. So the EP itself is kind of a love letter from me to to Lakeland my city um kind of just from teenagers and on uh for a, i was kind of writing i was writing with me and my friends growing up and stuff in mind all of the local musicians and artists that have come and went mm -hmm. and i'm still friends with all of them and the new generation of artists that are in their 20s that i've made friends with and they're all doing their thing around town stuff from music to painting and photo photography illustration um so the ep again i, I leave it open-ended for anyone but I, for me i'm writing it as as the love letter to lakeland and so the artwork it's four different photos and the cover is of twisty treat which is that big ice cream cone building um that's on the north side of lakeland okay and I used to live on the north side all through high school and stuff. So that was like the spot. That was before we had, you know, new trendy ice cream places that have popped up everywhere. Right. Twisted just like straight old school ice cream. Uh dip cones and, and sundays and stuff. And that was that was the spot. Like on the weekends or whatever, you, you go to Twisty Treat and hang out after a basketball game or whatever. Right. Uh and then I did a shot on the inside is a shot of Southgate, uh, which was in Edward Scissorhands and stuff. That's like a iconic spot in Lakeland. Cool. Uh, one of the spots is of Skate World, which is the only roller skating place left. And I mean, been going there since I was a kid. Lots of awesome memories. And uh, what's the other spot is, oh, the Silver Moon Drive-In, which is also the only drive-in left. And I mean, again, another spot. All all four spots is icon iconic spots in Lakeland that 
me and my friends and everybody else has been around. So that kind of went in with the love letter kind of vibe. Um, yeah. And then I, you know, made them the overall look, I was trying to go for like a dreamy, I, I wasn't trying to do nostalgia in a gimmicky way. I was trying to really make it more like a dream sequence kind of feel sure. um, with the, the saturated colors and, and stuff. Um, and I had Whoa. some people, yeah, I had people comment and be like, you really, like, I, I don't I've never even been here, but I feel like I've been there with my friends. And I'm like, that's exactly what I was going for. That's awesome yeah. to hear. Um, kind of a Twin Peaksy vibe. Yeah, 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 like the noir kind of vibey stuff, uh, aesthetic. And then with the text, I kind of did like typing and handwriting and stuff all over the photos. That that was kind of a that was my throwback to. Um, do, do you remember in the '90s that big magazine Raygun, mm -hmm. um, super huge music and fashion stuff? And yeah, and, Raygun. Yep. Yeah, and and a couple others that came after that. That was like the '90s feel that I was going for, where it looks like they just took the photos with no regard and typed on them and wrote on them. You're like, "What are you doing?" Right. Um, so I was just trying to to bring again, like I said before, like bring all these influences. Like I like that, and I like that, and I'm gonna mash them together cool. how they are in my, my brain, you know. Um, so I, it came out good. In my, like, I'm proud of it. And that's all I can ask for, you know, when you're creating cool. something. Um, sometimes fail really hard. <laughs> but this one came out all right, so I was happy. <laughs> well, why don't you, uh, to wrap up, is there anything you want to say to the people out there that support and listen to your stuff, to your music? Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, man. Like, again... As long as people are listening and interested, I'm I'm stoked to create music, man. I love it. It's it's a huge, a huge part of me. Like uh, I think in all my bios, I write like music lover, music maker, and I always put music lover first because because it, it is like ever since I was a kid with my mom, um, I've been raised on music and in all kinds. Uh, so for to be able to make music is such a blessing and cool thing for me and then on top of that for people everywhere wherever they are to want to listen to it and like continue to listen to it and even buy it and support it that blows my mind and it's i'm so appreciative of it and just stoked man like it's such a cool cool thing it's a cool feeling cool all right all right yeah great well, listen, thank you very much for your time. And um, I'll put something at the end here, a bumper that has your info and such. Right on, right on. Thank you, right. man. Thank you for the interest. All right. Opportunity. Take care.